What's that, Jeremy? Yeah, we're here at CrossFit Central. Oh, level four coaches only? Uh, you could sit this one out, Fern. God, if you guys really want to know why we're here, here at CrossFit Central, Jeremy Thiel, OG in the CrossFit community. So stick around if you want to hear OGs talking about OG stuff. Welcome to the Best Hour of Their Day podcast with your host, Jason Fernandez. And me, Jason Ackerman. With more than 20 years in the business, as both coaches and affiliate owners, our passion is to help create world-class affiliates and coaches by building better boxes. Welcome to the best hour of your day. All right, welcome back, dudes talking dads. <laughs> no, that's not the name four, of the podcast. <laughs> four dads just hanging around. We found out Jeremy. Welcome, Jeremy. Uh, his daughter, two days older than Madison, third child. What, Correct. What's, um, what's one thing different having a baby amidst the pandemic than the other two? I don't know if the pandemic, I mean, I get to spend more time with her, maybe that's it, but. Is uh, that good or bad? I'm still undecided. <sighs> well, my baby, it's good. Me and my wife, that might be different, but. She's like, you, know, you got to get out of here, bro. Just get out of here. Go, <laughs> go to work. <laughs> um, but no, just having, well, we, she really was, you know, not planned. We have a nine and a five. Hopefully or a, she's not listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, we. Yeah, well, she can listen later, but she's loved because, you know, having the first one. That was the line. She's really, loved. really. Well, it's crazy because the first one, you know, I was just not, I didn't know what I was doing. I was totally lost. Dad, 12 months till I even knew what it was, you know, and then my son grew on me. And then my second one, I was much more prepared, but still not really where I'm now. With the third one, I can just be so present and like fall in love with her immediately and just hold her. And like, I just like. I like goo-goo eyes and all that good stuff. So it's amazing. I'm I'm so glad we had a third one because I can just hold her and just like totally enjoy it. Cool. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to that day myself. Three kids? No, no, where I can enjoy my child. Do you have one? We have one. Yeah. So He's the first branded. one is like, <laughs> it's, it's just like, yeah, I mean, you're just trying to, you, you just like don't know anything. So. It's a shit show. Survival yeah. mode. I mean, yeah. in fairness, Fern, it's a shit show for you. You have two. I do have two. And it's both of them, them are insane. Yeah, both are insane. So, Fern, back in the day, did you was this guy like one of the guys? He was one of the guys. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that you are a part of CrossFit history. Is that fair? Hundred percent. Yeah, I think back in the day, this is like two thousand seven, eight, nine ish. I think most people in the CrossFit space probably knew who Jeremy Thiel was. Yeah, you mean he was up there with the I mean, Spiel was recognized back then. Of course, uh, OPT was a big name uh, prior to kind of Kalipa coming on, on board. So I'm thinking even prior to 2009, like six, seven, when I first got involved in CrossFit, not only from an athletic perspective, but also from a, an affiliate perspective, you were the man. You were the man. I mean, you were just talking six, seventh in 2007, right? And that was back. So correct me if I'm wrong, 5K run, CrossFit total, and then the Hopper event, which eventually got dubbed... 2007 at a later CrossFit Games, right? The, the jerks and the pull-ups. But then 2008, the CrossFit Games documentary, Every Second Counts, you're on the podium. You, They didn't really feature you throughout it, but you kind of snuck right in there just like Jason did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think, uh, well, they picked five. Savon did that they followed and all that good stuff. And then, um, yeah, I was right up there. You know, I, it was interesting because I came in, I, was, I wasn't in the final heat. So I was in 11th place. And so I did the workout with 11 through 20 
the final and then i set kind of the the number and then whoever had to split that time to beat my time depending on where i went on the podium so it was a unique setup because i wasn't in the top 10 and so i jumped because it was every second counts the way they scored it yeah that was cool. and so um that put me on the podium but i remember what was Dave, your time how fast did you finish that? Oh, I can't. It's like 2.30 or 2.40. Oh, my so God. So, for reference, the, the event was 30 squat clean Correct. and overheads, basically a thruster. It's a cluster, pretty at, much. But yeah. it was at 155 for the men, which in 2008, people were losing their minds. Like, that's heavy. Yeah. That's Just heavy. for the record, that's still heavy. If you have <laughs> yeah, like that a didn't get unheavy. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, and then the way they did it, I don't know if they did it for the previous heats, but the last heat, it was basically they, the way they staggered the start so whoever finished first which happened to be Kalipa was the winner of the competition I think him and Josh Everett were one I think Everett fails a rep towards the end and no one was paying attention to this new guy Jason Kalipa and he comes out I think the footage they have is actually from his father's phone or point and shoot like yeah no one was paying attention to what year did you open your affiliate 2005 Rapid fire. Damn. Rapid oh, fire. Gee, good answer. Sure. No, because I wanted to, because this is three years later. So how did you find out about the CrossFit Games? Because it was still kind of like a weird, like you had to get a weird underground, like somebody knock on your door and do like Slid the a letter to the door. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was, uh, so I was a CrossFit head. Like right. I breathe, eat, live CrossFit. Right. So in 2005, me and my sister, Carrie Kepler, went to our first cert in Golden, Colorado. It was uh, November pump? 2005. That was yeah. at one Golden. of the uh, police bases? Or? Right, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so we went out and walked in. Anybody that was anybody of CrossFit was there. Who was it? Like, name some of the people. Uh, you know, the Nancy girls. From, oh, Glassman, Lauren, uh, Founders, then uh, anyone from Josh Everett, Bergner, uh, Annie, Eva, Nicole, um, say Amos. All named workouts, basically, any, at this point. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, like, even Dan John was there. Um, so it's just like all the affiliates, anybody was anybody was there. And when you walked in, it was just the, it was like, when I, I had a flash, it was like, I saw the future and I said, this is going to change the fitness industry. And whatever y'all are doing, I'm in. But obviously, you must have thought that because you wound up there. So, I mean, whatever you were doing prior to that got you to travel to Golden, Colorado. Right. So, it's interesting. So, like, fitness and strength training was my life. I grew up in West Texas football, strength conditioning, high school football. So, powerlifting, weightlifting was all my forte. And I almost lived for the off-season as much as I did for the football season. Just to be in the gym. I, I loved it. So, I did powerlifting all growing up through um, junior or high school and then I got into strength conditioning um, at high, summer camps with the high school after I graduated they invited me back to be a coach and so I worked with junior high athletes and I was teaching them and so um, that was my deal and so I got introduced to kettlebells in about 2003 and so uh, coach Davies was renegade train training out of like Kansas City back in the day and the internet you find these secret archives and they're talking about kettlebells and I got super into kettlebells so I looked at Pavel's cert with renegade uh, or what what I forget their cert back then but RKC, um, RKC. RKC. Yeah. and it was like travel to St. Paul it was like two thousand dollars plus hotel and I was broke so I was like wow uh, I don't think I'm going to do this but then CrossFit showed up and it was a thousand dollars plus five hundred dollar affiliate fee and you can open your own gym so i was like 
I'm going to go with the CrossFit. Uh, <laughs> and I've done all these things before. I understand it. I just didn't do it for a time. And, and so it was like, that was pretty much my whole deal. And in college, I did triathlon. So I got into endurance. So you really had it all between the strength Except training. Except for gymnastics. And that was my Achilles heel, really. And my overall, I just didn't have the gymnastics proponent uh, going into the sport. But yeah, my base background was power, strength, speed, all that good stuff. And then endurance. So 2005, six, and then leading into the games, what's an indication back then that, hey, I'm actually good at this thing. Yeah, it's really interesting. Because I, so, I don't know if you heard. Let me interrupt for a second. 2007, I had an 830 Fran. So that's a pretty big deal. Back <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that didn't make it around the internet. That's very weird. Uh, no, I'm so, surprised but, I didn't but, hear but, about that. But funny enough, like I showed up at my level one. I'm like, I'm good. Like, yeah. well, y'all you are going to want to watch this thing go yeah. down. So what was, what was your indication that you were actually good at this thing? Well, I mean, you know, my first cert, like I, I did 21 unbroken 95 pound thrusters, and that was unusual. I was about to die, <laughs> like you know, like uh, funnel vision, ears ringing, going up to the pull up, bar, like go to the pull up yeah. bar, and like it's like I did five strict pull ups because I couldn't kip, and then I'm kicking, jumping off the bench trying to do it, and and you know back then it was a three day cert. And so uh, we did two workouts a day, and like you're just like by the end, I swore they start telling us about rhabdo. I was like, I got it, like I'm gonna have, it. I got it, like what is this? I'm gonna have it um, because I can't do any of this. So, but so James Fitzgerald, which was OPT, OPT at the time, yeah. started doing. Um, he was loading his workouts online, and then there was a guy. I'm blanking on his name. Was kind of competing back AFT. Then. No, well, yes, they were training, but there was another guy that was like in Florida that was putting up workouts back in. They were going back and forth on YouTube, and and I and so I jumped in just to do the workouts, and I was right there. I was like, oh, I, oh, I I can do this, you know, same times, and I'm like right behind them in a, in a few seconds. So I was like, okay, if James kind of like was a leader uh, in that in the time uh, with the workouts, and so I was, and he was always posting on .com and all that stuff. So that was kind of my gauge to know where I sat with it, and um, and I was pretty decent. Do you remember how much money you won for third place in 2008? No money. No money. No money at no all? Money. Get, like, they were handing out high fives? I think they were giving like, like gift certificates to like, was it Panda, Panda Express? Express? Like, was, like, get some low <laughs> not even kidding. It was Panda Express. It's like Panda Express. That was like, 2007. Yeah, yeah. I think 2008, about. I want to say they gave the winner maybe 500 bucks. It was like 500 bucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It wasn't yeah. a lot. Not enough, not enough to retire on. Yeah. So it... You know, so it's just like I was super into it. They launched the PDF on .com. I saw it. Uh, one of my friends who worked with us back then, he still was here with us. Um, I said, hey, let's go to this. Um, and, you know, I was, uh, signed up, flew out. His flight, he had a rainstorm, so he didn't even show up till the next day. Like, he, I got there Friday. He showed up on Saturday. And we started doing the event. And so um, I was just loved it. It was an awesome experience and it moved into day two and I was in the top 10 and, and we we're about to do the uh, total and all that stuff. And I started like, you know, Spill and James and, and Josh and they're just getting psyched up. And I was like, and I, and it was like one of the, another one of those moments that I looked at them and I'm a, I was a competitor. I was a powerlifter, And so I knew, but I looked at them, I said, it was like another one of those aha moments. Like this is actually a sport. And these guys are not here to have fun. They're competing. And that's when I got 
what I wanted to do for 2008. I said, I'm going to win this thing. And so I went out, you know, like I got like, I was so far behind. It was like placement. I, there's no way I'd catch up. And, you know, and I was pretty decently strong, but, um, yeah, it was no way that year. And, um, and so that was 2007. And then in 2008, I just said, you know, I'm going to win, I'm going to win the thing. And, um, and so, yeah, it would, it paired up and, you know, four events wasn't back then. That was a lot. You know, four events was a lot of workouts. No matter. We did the three in one day. I think we did like the Fran, that short distance run, and there was like a di- the burpee the deadlift. The was, deadlift. It the, was the there hill was sprint? And two thousand eight. Two thousand nine. Hill sprint was two thousand nine. And then right. and then there was the five rounds of five deadlift, ten burpee over the bar, and then day two was the event. It wasn't was, burpee over bar yet. It was just, oh, burpee just burpees and clap overhead. Yeah, and if you go back and watch those videos, there's a lot of different standards happening exactly. on that. Yeah. So and the mat was like 100 plus, 150 degrees, oh, and people were burning so their hands. Hot, yeah. And, yeah. It, this day and age, you know, 2021, 20, 22, if someone's like, I'm going to go to the games, A, Fern and I will tell them they're crazy, you're not going to the games. But there's kind of a very specific path, like you would hire a coach and follow programming, determine what your weakness is. What did it look like? in 2007 when you decided I want to win this thing you know we were doing so it was pretty much like you did a strength and you did a Metcon every day every day for sure uh but that was all you did right and so the 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 breadth of it the volume wasn't there yet so you just didn't understand so it was surely intensity and strength how much can I lift how can I execute the movements and how fast can I go and so we were just banging and going like so if you do a three minute fran get it to 230 go faster go harder right and the whole concept of overtraining over is like no you just go hard right and yeah, so that wasn't a thing back in the day overtraining no, no it didn't exist no, it was like basically an hour but you would like jeremy just said it was like you would hammer yourself during that hour oh, but remember, then you'd be done no i i feel like that the, the height of people really dousing themselves with intensity was like Nine ten, where like people were just like, there so, is no cap on the threshold here. We're just gonna light ourselves. Pacing wasn't even really a thing. It no. was just basically no. like flooring it. Twenty one. Who, whoever pacing, lasted the longest <laughs> no. won. So two thousand nine, that year, so we increased the workouts by one hundred ten percent. Right. Yeah. So two thousand nine changed the scope of the sport. Right. And put it into the next generation of what it was gonna be because we went from four workouts to nine workouts. And so the capacity just jumped drastically. And so it, it stretched the mind because what was possible just went up infinitely. And how can you stay paced with that type of volume? I think the same thing happened in 2012 when Dave threw the 100-pound dumbbells in there and the internet broke. Well, it seems like every year the games kind of dictates, you know, and after 2008 it was like, oh, chest bar or we're going heavier, 155. And then like Jeremy said, 2009 – Volume becomes a thing, and then a couple of years later becomes let's go heavy. I mean, what was the year they had like 405 pound deadlifts on the tennis stadium? Ooh, uh, it was it was Home Depot. Right, that was yeah, heavy yeah. though. So I that mean, was there 12. Were, there were yeah uh, people that couldn't lift it. Right. Oh right? yeah. So, so it was like every year the games kind of sets that, and I think you know to a fault, people buy in like I need that. Where it's like, no, that's the best of the best. You still need to do this affiliate thing and. Just work out for an hour a day and, and have fun. Yeah. And so and speaking of, so back then when you are doing that and you own your affiliates four or five years old now, how do you make that happen? How do you let your members, or did you not let your members know like, hey, 
I'm third place at the games. I need to do this. You guys, you still need to do this thing that we've been doing here. Yeah, you know, it's very interesting because, you know, I always came, I have very professional-mindedness of what we were doing to service our clients. And I feel like a really balanced approach to, hey, this is a service we provide to our clients and this is the programming and how we do it. And this is our competition team. And this is when we train and this is how we do it. And we didn't really blur those lines. And and we were in there. But what was great was not only was I competing, but my sister was competing. We had a team competing because not only were we, I was finishing third uh, or our team was finishing 2009. I got 12th, my sister got third, uh, we had girls that were 11th, you know, 16th, our team got second in 2009, and year after year, like, our team was in there competing, so we had a squad of people, just like we see today, what we did, we had about 10 people, you know, 12 people that were competing, and three or four were individuals in their team, so it was that group atmosphere that you is that ball of energy that's rolling so we see it mayhem or the girls in you know las vegas it's like there's so much to a group dynamic that changes the you know the game and we were doing that back then so we were so far ahead of the curve uh before what i talk about like genetics matter and like you say like i'm going to the game games and it's like well no you're not well genetics matter and a lot you of are times the build you are the perfect build like what are you five ten five ten and you're probably like 200 right now yeah but, but back then you're probably like 180 yeah, I was 185. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you look at the best, I mean, I don't want to throw this comparison out, but you infer side by side, basically, same body. <laughs> Not even close, but <laughs> maybe back in the day. I was 185 back in the day. No, but two I spots mean, you're, out, you're, two spots out. You know, there are always outliers, the Spielers or like the Spencer Hendels or the Spencer Nicks that we were talking about earlier, big dudes, little dudes, but you are the CrossFit body type. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, I would say that uh, I fit that mold, especially early on. Um, that was great. I mean, it, it fit me perfect. So that's why I was just running with it as far as I could, as fast as I could. But really, the deal is the divergence was my business was growing so fast and the sport was growing so fast. Like holding on to both reins was almost impossible. That's what I wanted to ask you, because I'm thinking back, I'm going back in the in the Wayback Machine, thinking back in the journal. You guys were featuring the journal like pretty regularly at that point. What was your business like back then? Because most of them were just, let's be very frank, not good. But I feel like... It was CrossFit Central and Albany CrossFit. Right. And that and was eh, people were like, oh, is Albany, where is that a place? <laughs> but, the, but Central, I think, was one of the first boxes that people at least mentioned mm-hmm. that had like a flavor of like, those guys are doing what we're all supposed to be doing. But... But that's what we saw. What was it like when you guys started? Yeah, you know, um, w- again, I'm entrepreneurial business and uh, very much wanting to develop and build my skill sets so I can apply it to my business and make it great. And we are committed to excellence and producing excellence. And, and be it the sport or be it the business, we were creating systems and structures and operations that could allow us to scale and be the best in the world. And so I was applying that and reading and devouring and educating myself as much as possible so I could produce uh, what I believe was setting what I would consider like setting the railroad tracks and laying it as we were going and we were figuring it out because the whole concept of unlimited or, you know, two days a week, three days a week, that was being built as we were going. So it was unique in the early days, which I believe was the best practice at that time and I still think it is better we had uh, the limited schedule approach where you could only buy three days a week and two day a week membership the unlimited model 
didn't exist in our business model. And, and what it did was we really did group training as if it was uh, private training. Private training. But yeah. it was a group of 12 people coming together at a set time that they were committed mm-hmm. to that they cert, you know, worked out at. Right. And what it did is they were consistent. They were training. They were following a nutrition protocol. And they were getting ridiculous results versus it's kind of like unlimited. You come. You don't. Accountability is lower. How do you check in? Who do you know if your coach is checking with you? So there's a lot more challenges. And so we hit this in 2012, 2014 when the market just exploded. Yeah. Austin went from, you know, we had maybe 50 affiliates to 100 affiliates. And then the unlimited, the whole ecosystem was disrupted because price comparison, uh, uh, unlimited for 150 versus a three-day week or a two-day week for 150, unlimited is at 200. So like, oh, this is a better price. And so the market just got skewed and the explosion and and then quality and all those questions that were in play, which was a frustration to a lot of different affiliates wherever they were in the marketplace, challenged our approach. And but do you guys still do you guys still have only limited or have you moved? We have unlimited right. and two day weeks. Right. I think one oh, thing so though, unlimited and two. We That's offer interesting. two. Okay. Yeah. Yep. But, but I think I'd one be curious thing, to see what the breakdown on that is like client wise in between in those two buckets. Yeah, I would say it's like a sixty forty. Really. Um, mm-hmm. 60 on good. unlimited or 60 on 60 unlimited. unlimited. Yeah. yeah. That's that's more than I would have guessed honestly. Yeah. But something Jeremy was doing better than most people do with that is most people just have the unlimited and then limited with no real difference there. You were you were running those limited options more so as a way to hold people accountable. Like you you can almost be like, "Hey, you're going to be here tomorrow as one of your 3 days, right? You know, Sally, and you're going to eat right and all that." Where a lot of people just kind of set it there. Those people never truly buy into CrossFit because no one's holding them accountable, following up with them. So I think done the right way to almost make it like individual group or individual training in a group setting to bring that price down, which is really the CrossFit model. No, that model alone, like our results that people were getting was so ridiculous. The, the level of body fat loss, just getting lean, performance, because it's very precise very clear cut. This is what I get. This is when I get it. And this is like the service. And so, and I respect that because this is the time I got to go. And we know that's how people just naturally operate versus unlimited. I'll come, I'll go. I'm not that committed. It, it changes the scope of the commitment. Did you have people locked into their times as well? We did. Right. So yep. I'm the Tuesday, Thursday, 530 guy. Yep. Kind of a thing. Yeah. yeah. And there was a fear of loss because it was like if, if my, that class could be capped, like you're capped, right. you can't get in at 515 or you know, whatever. And so, so we just had this massive and we were able to maximize our floor space. At one point at our 3,500 square foot space with 2,500 square feet, we had 500 people in that facility. I mean, that, that facility alone, how many classes a day were you running? Probably like nine to 10 classes. But you were limiting how often they can come Limited how many times, how often they come. And so, I mean, it was a million dollar box and it was just like, it was crazy. What year is this? 2009 to 2011. That was back, there was kind of this idea of a closed membership model mm-hmm. and an open membership model. Right. So that was like. So I like really, I just toot my own horn. Like I created that model. <laughs> that was my model. Toot your horn. No one else does that on this show. Somebody should. I don't think, if you were to ask people if they, think, if they thought that somebody was doing that revenue back then, I don't think anybody thought that was a thing. In 2012, <clears throat> we did 2.3 million in revenue. Out of one, right? Because you, no, you had we, multiple. We had multiple locations. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, either way, that's and not, we that's had, not the we down. Had, we had boot camps. We had uh, mm. uh, one primary location. And then we had satellites where we subletted space. 
We had a thousand uh, paying customers between all the locations. Between it all. I mean, that's a good business model. I mean, that's smart. Like again, this is what I was bringing up earlier. Is like you were doing things that people are now still struggling to figure out. Like more than a decade. I mean, later. that's five times what the average box is bringing in today. Probably more, and, more than five yeah. times. But I mean, that's in that's nine years later. That's my point. Yeah. Right. What do you think has been a big hang up with that? Right. Because that's still a hump that many, many people just can't get over. I mean, like they're they're just stuck at. I mean, we pop the hood on a lot of affiliates, Mark. Because you pop the hood on way more than I have. Average I see is like 10, 10k. You're a doing month. you're doing a month, right? You're doing twenty times that. Well, you know, and it, it, again, it goes to all professions and businesses, and we're looking at there's obviously there's a professionals, there's amateurs. So number one is like how much time. What what I've come to realize is that these facilities are energy buses, energy boxes, and it's like the amount of energy that's put in by the owners and the coaches and the staff really is reflected by the client base and the revenue because it's all transference of energy right. which equates to our dollar amount and if you're putting boatloads of energy if you have a full-time job and you're doing this part-time well it's getting a percentage of energy so it can't rev up to the point where it can generate the revenue so like the biggest thing i see in ups and downs of businesses is like who's holding the space who's supplying the energy which is accountability programming execution operations and all that to scale to a level that you can produce that so i see the world in two fronts we got the material world but we also have the energetic world and how are we operating and functioning within that with the systems and the structures that are put in place to maximize right results and return and if you're doing that on a on a systematic way you can scale so if you're doing ten thousand in revenue now this is one thing that now i really respect is i live in a metropolitan area that is booming right so we can't take a country affiliate and say this it's not fair so i think that there's different marketplaces that represent 100%. what is possible and when we but i do think it's relative though right so i agree with what you're saying but again you know like real estate is not the same in a rural town as it is in downtown austin in this space where you i mean this is yeah, a we're beautiful in a massive we're in a massive space, space I mean, here so but i agree with the energy aspect of it but i do think it's relative so I don't, but i also in the same breath would say it's you can't do apples to apples there it's like yeah there not, are thresholds right. because some towns we you know some people i've worked with have a town of three thousand. there's just a very low ceiling to yeah. what you can do in that town but 15k out of that box might model. be crushing though. yeah but i see Correct. that's what i think about like small country whatever communities those are so awesome because if you do it right and you have 100 to 150 members and your overhead to operate is three thousand dollars you're crushing, oh, yeah. it. crushing it and you can a one man uh, owner operator two to three part-time or one other part-time and y'all are just doing it and doing it really well the community vibes there and you're you're making money not only that no if you own your real estate you like that is and that's really Game what changer. took me so many years to understand it's like if you as a box owner own your real estate you're executing at a high level you have a healthy dynamic community uh you're making income you have you have a business an asset that you can retire with and have a lifelong relationships that's going to serve you like for your future so well, more importantly but to that point which is this is the you know like i'm not in it for the money all every crossfit affiliate owner ever apparently is just like i'm not in it for the money <laughs> but i don't think what people realize that that kind of benevolent nature 
will only expand, right? Like you'll only do more of that if you're taking care of yourself first, right? I know, I know multiple gym owners, and Marcus, you probably know, we all do, just like they went from nothing and they were giving, 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 and then they start to get some momentum on that. And if they don't stop giving at that point, they give more, right? They do more things in the community. The, the box gets better. They're in there interacting more. And I think that's people should look at it kind of like the energy concept that you're talking about. Be, like being successful, generating revenue, getting people results, like that most box owners, most coaches, like that gives them energy, which means I only have more to disperse. I, I like that. And one of the things Fern and I always recommend, and you must have done it, is filling your own cup where we talk about, hey, put on your calendar when you're going to work out. Make sure you're eating right. Make sure you're getting a good night's sleep. Those were all things clearly you were doing because you're running this great affiliate, but you're also still making it to the CrossFit Games. Absolutely. What's what's your advice on something like that for for affiliate owners? Yeah, today again, it, understanding that um, you know what I could say now is like excellence for excellence' sake. You know, where are we going? What are we doing, and why are we doing it? And then everything comes from that drive. And so, understanding the individual in person and how they're orchestrating their morning routine, their evening routine, their daily routine. At this point in my career, and when I look at it, the basis of human performance, whatever it be, is based off of your routines. And the quality of your experience is based off of your routines and how you structure what you're doing for yourself so you can input and give to others. And so it's fundamental. If you start to neglect aspects of yourself, your, your uh, performance will decrease. And so we it's based off again a mindset of fear or you know if you're fearful you're not going to work out because you don't have the time i'm not going to eat because i don't have the time that's a that's a limited mindset if you're in that abundance mindset of what you need to do to serve yourself to serve others you understand that it's an ecosystem that we're we're applying to but out of fear you can't operate from that and and i think that we get so over our skis that we can't and we're operating out of a poor place of fear that we limit we're not eating we're not training and then we start to degrade our energy degrades and then our business degrades and then we're burnt out and we want out and and i'm not saying i haven't done it perfect you know i would say like 2015 was a rock bottom year for me how so oh you it's a whole nother podcast my friend <laughs> uh, you gotta pay See, extra for that Fern is a great exactly. therapist if you yeah, want to yeah. lay down on a couch no i'm no Only. no i'm like i'm like what is awesome about 2021 is i've gone from the pinnacle to the pit of hell and back to where I like, oh, and I see this going like, man, where my arrogance, where my lack of empathy was, where my understanding and lack of experience was. And like now, what's awesome, I feel as though I'm, I got a second chance and where I'm like, wow, I can do it right. And I understanding like what taking care of yourself looks like, what service looks like, what humility looks like and actually uh, employing that into the marketplace and servicing my coaches, my clients, everybody that I come in contact with to bring them the best value that I have for them. And so it's such a great, you know, time to be able to, because I never quit, you know, and, and that was the one thing that's like, what I love about this space and my commitment to it is that I just kept going forward. But in 2012, I had a son. I signed a lease that I should have never signed. It, the overhead was gigantic, but out of arrogance and ego, we have 500 members there. We're going to sign downtown. We're going to get to 700. But marketplace 
shifts and changes and the expansion of all the CrossFit boxes, doing CrossFit for nine years, beating yourself into the ground. No, I didn't, that mindset of go hard and don't stop. No overtraining. Yeah. It caught up to me. So I have a, a child. I have a box. It's my, I'm making 70 grand a month. I'm spending 75 grand a month. Why? What's the math doesn't work. Yeah. Right. And then whenever you have uh, a gym split, then you, you have a, a three-year-old, you're married, your life changed, you're not the athlete you are, and it's like, boom, it was like the perfect storm. What was that moment? What was the perfect storm moment? What was the moment where you're like, this is rock bottom? So it like in, in t- walking in, so 2014 we have a gym split, so that was in the back half. Uh, we go to the games that year our team does. Back half of uh, 14 we have a gym split. Uh, my son at that point is two years old. And uh, going to 2015, uh, I mean, I, I'm cratered because we lost $30,000 of recurring revenue overnight. When you say gym split, do you mean because you opened a second place or because no, somebody left? Ownership split. Staff management yeah. left. Right. So With you lost, when you say 30. Third of my revenue. Or to my the other box. Left to another box. How's that relationship now? Um, you know, it's been over eight years and you know you talk about therapy and and it's like I'm, I'm very introspective and reflective and the process of all that is like it was a it was a necessary process that I had to go get to to get to my real actualization of who I am what I was and what I wasn't and how I could grow and mature as a human being and get to where I need to be from a spiritual you know standpoint and the process of forgiveness and letting go and and understanding all that stuff for me I'm at at peace and so it's such a, a space of like you know appreciation and all that good stuff but like i mean from the standpoint of the people that left you know a hand like out of the handful of people only a couple are left you know uh, that that you know other people they've gone into their own lives and own things that they're doing so you know it is what it is now and and it's it's but reflecting back it it must have ha- it needed to happen for my own growth Right. Is that when you started? Your, so you and Charlie Lima and Spencer Nix, do you guys still do your, is it yes. once a month? or? Uh? We talk. It's interesting. I mean, after the pandemic, we jumped on phone calls. During the pandemic, we were going twice a week, just keeping each other sane. Right. Then it went to a weekly call, and then quarterly, we get together, we bounce each other's box. That didn't start until probably like 2018. Maybe 2019. Okay. It's like a couple years after all that kind of went down. Yeah, it was after that. But, I mean, from 2015 to 2018, I was losing 10 grand a month at a clip. I was just losing, losing. So, so what led to, as you're going through that, what led to, and then did getting into that kind of group. So kind of explain to everybody like what you guys do. So like, I think more gym owners should do this. Everybody lives in this, you know, this is my rice bowl. If I talk to you, you're going to steal all my ideas. And then there's not enough ideas or people to go around, which is just not the case. Yes. But you guys get together and it's just, not just business, but you guys talk like fatherhood, all that other kind of stuff. Yeah. So I think that, that what we have is alignment and belief. You know, we're all Christian men and that's our foundation. Right. And so we unify in that. Now, Charlie's in College Station. Spencer's in Dallas. Right. Uh, we, Charlie has four kids. Spencer has three. I have three. We all have been box owners for over 10 years. We all bring our own collective experience to this. So there's very equally and different unique experiences. And also there's a lot of maturity there now as you're grown. You know, you're older, you have kids, you look things through a different lens now, which probably just makes everything better, makes the conversation. Like, you know, I've known Marcus and and Jay for a long time and 
uh, the conversations we have now, the, t- the things we discuss, they're, they're all from a totally different place than they were five, six years ago where I was just in a super fucked up headspace for a lot of reasons. But all that changed, and I would argue that probably the same thing for me is like had to do with <clears throat> becoming a dad. Like having kids like reframes everything. You're like, oh, I don't but know for anything. The record, we do throw a poop joke in here and there. Yeah, I mean, why not? Hey, listen, <laughs> you put your socks on, and you still shit your pants. <laughs> yeah. So, but I, I think that that where we speak to each other from where we've come, and like what's unique about it, like everybody's business is so healthy. And we're doing like, and we're open and willing, but like a core of what we came to understand is like the metrics and the health of our business from a financial standpoint is first and foremost, so important. How are we tracking, monitoring what we're doing on a monthly basis? What is the revenue? What is our client base? What is the health of the business? And what is the profits? Mm -hmm. And we are open and share uh, what that looks like for us and what we're trying to achieve. So we're there for each other. And it's an accountability that isn't like, hey, are you doing this? It's like, you speak it, do what you you know, expect of yourself. Right. And it's a mutual respect that is, you know, unique. I don't think that anyone can just form that group, but I think it's is a natural like setting. Well I think just most people have not been open to that concept. And I think one of the things that you just participated in recently which CrossFit brought back or created was the summits, right? So you and Charlie both spoke at the at the the, the summit. It was in Austin, right? Yes, it was here yeah. at the box. Yeah. Oh it was here. Okay, yep. got it. Yeah. So and uh I think that is a, a massive door being opened to a lot of people that have never been exposed to that before, which is to like sit down with another human being that's going through the same stuff, experiencing the same things, probably has you know messed it up worse than you in some extent, and then working through some of that together. You guys were doing that before. How's your business versus pre-COVID? We are doing better than we've ever done. Uh, 2020 awesome. was one of my... the best financial years I've had in 10 years. 2021 will be better. So is ours. Ours is the exact same. And it's accelerating because... Best hours doing well too. Best hour CrossFit. (laughs) It's got two clients now. Yeah, it's up 100%. 100% retention. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so so we are excelling, but so many things have happened, you know, and a big shift for me too was um, I did the Mayhem Mindset with uh, Jim Hensel, Rich's Mindset Coach and all that. And it was a real big shift for me. In two, I did it in 2019, right okay. before 2020. And his timely, whole, his, timely, timely, <laughs> very timely. And his curriculum is all about, you know, your core identity. Who are you? You know, he says, who do I be? And he helped me realize that inside of me, one of my biggest limiting factors was my emotional, mental health and how I was jostling up and down because I was emotionally a child. And I was unwilling to um, uh, take responsibility for my emotions, and they were running me. And, and it was so timely because in 2020 with the chaos, I was able to step back and evaluate from an unemotional standpoint of what we needed to do to execute what we needed to execute. And it was all written out and scripted for me of who I'm being in this situation. And, and it, was, it was such an accelerator for what we were able to produce um, in 2020 and keeping the, the, just a straight path and showing up and producing results and being here for our community. And, and now, you know, I live in Austin. And so like, part of that is like people have been relocating here from all over the everywhere the nation. Yeah. So, so I don't want to be act like, I was like, Oh, like, Oh, we did it. It's like, we were consistent 
we showed up, we produced a quality product and people responded to it and the the culture, the environment, it's just thriving. That's amazing. You were prepared for the opportunity. Absolutely. And good for you on on I mean that hearing that story about your journey that you you did all this personal work right before the pandemic hit, I think is evidence that so many people and we I mean this is a conversation we have all the time that they they wonder why they're struggling. It's because they they're not willing to accept who they really are and get out of their own way by going through exactly what you described. And I think the pandemic for a lot of people was that breaking point because mm-hmm. it forced the hand to either deal with it or to just clam up and make and get worse. I went through that. Like we, you and I had a conversation. I went, I was like rock bottom right before that. Like, and then I got on a phone call with him and he was like, nothing you're telling me sounds anything like you, bro. And I was like, where the fuck you been, man? <laughs> you <laughs> know, goes two ways. Yeah. I was like, Oh, all right. Well, I want to speak to that because that again, like I, I told you, I just turned 40 this year and yeah. I kind of like crossed this threshold of how I view the world and my life and where I'm showing up. And like, it is, you know, and, and it's like these deep set understandings now that identity where you're operating from is so important and how you see yourself to yourself and how you see yourself to others if you don't have a firm grasp on that, if you're not clear and, and very aware of who I am in the world and what I'm doing, then you're pretty much limited to that. You know, in all self-help, and they'll speak to this, but it's like at the root of your business success, your relational success, if you don't have a clear understanding of who I am, you will have a lot of challenges it's, it's a permanent ceiling a glass ceiling that most don't realize is there until you acknowledge it so that you can break through it because you're only limited by your own personal beliefs Absolutely. around who you are what's possible what you can what you can accomplish Absolutely. until you really distill that down for what what who you are and what that means in the world you're going to keep bumping into that ceiling. I did the same thing for years. I had no idea why I kept hitting this kind of same level and then dropping back down and just getting more and more frustrated and burned out in the process. And it, and it wasn't until something took a huge shit that I had to deal with it. I was forced to deal with it myself too. Right. And going through that process, then you start to recognize like, it was I'm the common denominator. Right. It was me the whole time. <laughs> it, it's it, it's not you. It's it me. just goes back to like what what are you? It's actually I. <laughs> what are you? What are you committed to? And like I understand like success and and excellence and the pinnacle of your field might it's not for everybody. If you if you don't want to endure, you don't want to have pain, you don't want to like have all sorts of challenges. Then like sit on the sideline. And, and I totally, I get it because getting to the pinnacle of your sport, getting to the pinnacle of your profession, it, it is not easy. You have to do the work and endure the pain and the growth that it's going to take to get there. And once you accept that for what it is, you're willing to walk through it to get to where you need to go. Because when you had that in your, your life experience, if you just said, I, qu- I quit, I'm out, I'm not going to do it then that is where you're going to sit yourself on the shelf of life and that's where you're going to live. And that happens day in and day out 100%. in people's lives, no matter what it is that they're doing. So like when I think about boxes and what we're like, oh, if you're going to get us like, are you committed to what life is going to bring at you? You aren't going to get there, you know? And, and so it's just like with the sport, I think it, it transcends all spaces. Like I want to go to the games. 
well, ge- let's look at your genetics first, and then let's look at your life, where you're at, and your times. You're not going. Yeah, there's so going. many. There's sure, there are sure real world factors that 100%. can you get there right. or not. But we all have that. It's like the you know the, uh, the be the hero of your story, the right. William Wallace of you. Like you are the key character, and are you owning that as your identity? And and so it's just. What you said right there, I think, is really key because it's, I think it's relative. And a lot of people create these one-size-fits-all definitions of success. Let's take the CrossFit gym business where you say, this is what a successful gym looks like. To who? Because maybe to me, I also love doing, I don't know, basket weaving and being a full-time dad with my kids. I just want to be involved and have a gym. I just needed to survive and I'm happy, Right. So choosing your version of success, you must first figure out who you are and what you want and what success means to you in all these different areas of your life. Then you can take it and apply it because what you just described is the like, I'm going all in on this version. And I think that that because that's your version of it. And for many people, they may hear that and think, well, that's not me. So I might as well quit. And the truth is, is that it's that's your version. You've clarified what you, what it means to you and every single person and entrepreneur, I think in particular, because there's, you're writing the rules completely. You have removed the guardrails essentially. It is essential as early as possible to identify who you are and what success really looks like for you. And secondly, to be willing to revisit that because you've been in this long enough to where you've now gone through full, full evolutions of this is who I am. I'm going to go win. It breaks down. You redefine success. You learn from it. You build a whole nother layer on top of it. We all go through these stages of life, these different evolution cycles. And being willing to then revisit it to check it back in, does that still matter? It, does that still mean the same thing to me? Will help you refine that, that permanent. What is, what is the permanent carryover of who I am in these different evolutions? Yeah. What's one thing that you see in box owners specifically that they're not doing that they should be that's kind of relevant to this topic like either that they're not doing that they're avoiding that they don't want to acknowledge like that they're uneducated on or i just like if refuse to acknowledge the ignorance like what's one thing somebody's listening to is they're like i should maybe start you know whether it's personally or in the business the first thing that jumps to mind is the basic systems that is business that is expected in the marketplace and they they matter they matter your website and how to get in contact with you and email you or fo- call you. It matters. The, the way you check into class and get set up matters. The format of class matters. The way that you communicate and speak and create a professional environment matters. So the simplest thing I would say to a bit box owner is if you don't know that, go into 10 different businesses that are world-class and get a reality check on what those look like. So I always say like the Ritz Carlton, what does it look like to go into the Ritz? What does it look like to go to the W? What does it look like to go to these great places and then take from them what they do to apply? So if you can do a lot of the basics really well, you're ahead. Is your gym dirty? We just, it's like, it matters. And if you can do these 12 things, these 15 things that seem irrelevant, and make them matter and do them in excellence, you were already like, boom, you're there. Then you apply world-class, like you do personal development, your speaking skills, all the experiential side of things and elevate. Then you're above, and you're above. But it's like, can I say for entrepreneurs, it's support, can you count? Can you do accounting? It matters. Can you count? 
that matters. But if you can't do the basics, so we look at basketball, can you dribble, shoot, pass? So this you know he was a D1 basketball player? Did you know that? I mean, everybody Is that why you brought that, that up? I did. I did <laughs> yeah. want to know. All right, yeah, because it's a big deal. <laughs> so, so anyhow, just like, hey – I want to get better. What do I need to do? Do you need to buy new equipment? No. You need to make sure your gym is clean. There's a way to check in. There's a way to follow up with them. There's a way, like the basics. That's the key. The nothing that you said just now is complex or fancy or Facebook ads. Nothing. Counting. Well, counting is hard for you, but... But, but the point is that that's what I think everybody's searching for, like, this weird workaround. And it's no different than fitness. Like, we're watching this class warm up. Silver like, they're bullet. going through. Our, yeah, there's no silver bullets. Like, do the work. Do the basic things. Really, Let's not talk about your snatch until I see your air squat. And you can't, take it, you know, do a squat that doesn't look like you're taking a dump in the woods. Like, your business is in indifference. It's like, I don't want to talk to you about, like, what your social media campaign is going to look like when, like, you have no plan whatsoever on, like, running a class. The, the other side of that is this. If you can't get people in your door, you will not succeed. Yeah, there's no business without sales. So, so it's like, so on the other side of that, like, yeah, you can have the cleanest gym. You can have the most organized. You have all that. But if you can't sell or someone that works for you cannot sell, you will not succeed as a business. That is it. you got to get people in the door. Right, but I, I agree with you 1,000%. Like the, the pyramid that we teach people, the base of that is sales, right? But I think people have misconstrued that for to be complex or fancy when it's like no just do a very basic sale really 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 well somebody hits your website you call them back quickly you schedule the appointment quickly you sit them down you ask them what they want you book whatever your onboarding process is going to be you treat it like a professional business and none of that was fancy gone to your site already and done the click or whatever that looks like they pretty much want to join it's up to you yeah, that's the running joke that. is like yeah. the only way they're not buying is if you run out and take a dump in the middle of the floor <laughs> when they show up. And you're like, all right, do you still want to join? And like, no, I'm good. Thanks. And going back, <laughs> well, you know, you have some people that. <laughs> but it, going back to what you said, Jeremy, like without all those other things happening, those people come into the gym and like Fern just said, there's a turd on the floor that changes things. So it's 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 very cyclical, right? It's like um, well, it's both. It's the technique and it's the same thing. Yeah. I think it's just another category right. of the same fundamentals, right? right? It's like running a great class, being a good salesperson just means in this business you are responsive, you're professional, and you you do what like you said the basics. How can I help you? So like so just talk do us that is the same as running a clean <laughs> gym. Talk us through it. Somebody, you've 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 must have had five thousand people over the years come through your doors. Right, somebody says in the greater Austin area, I want to check out CrossFit. Google search, you know, whether it's because you appear first or you're just the closest. What's what's that look like from the user perspective? Well, you know, it's a it's a good question. I think today um, people want to. So I mean, the simplest format is like you can go to our website. We have a north location. We have a downtown location. You click if you want. Which one is this, by the way? This downtown. This downtown. downtown. Yeah, we're downtown. Because so, we're downtown. Uh, <laughs> I just like you drove since we got here. I don't know where we are. I knew there was a Starbucks. <laughs> That's about it. And so, if they want to uh, check out our gym, we now it's a thirty dollar fee to come in and do a class for the first time. First time. Mm-hmm. Like new to CrossFit. New to CrossFit. Wow, that's unusual. Right, like, like I like it. I've never done CrossFit. I'm interested in learning more. It's still thirty dollars. Thirty dollars. Wow, yeah. that's cool. And what? And what hap- What do they do? They take a standard class, or they do? They take a standard class. Okay, and then we take this class, and 
despite having 300 double unders, we're like, I, I kind of like this thing. <laughs> now what? Yeah, absolutely. So we have world-class coaches. They're going to be able to scale it appropriately. Um, so like eight double unders for me. <laughs> Perfect. So, yes. No, 600 singles. My bad. <laughs> once, they, <laughs> once they do that, if they lack the skills because they don't have the previous experience, they'll go through our elements two sessions, get the basic. Two sessions. Two sessions. Element session. With a trainer. How much is that? 150 for the two sessions. I think yes. that's a fair price. The $30 oh, yeah. will go to Rolled your, in. Oh, Rolled that's yeah. cool. That so, so 120 now. Yeah. If you, so either $30, I'm never coming back here. That's You kept it. Or... I'm interested in doing more. I've never done this. 150 for two more, and then they roll into membership. What about? Do you do you distinguish if someone's like, "Hey, I've done CrossFit before." Yeah, What's we do that? an experience. They pay fifty dollars to come and do a goal and success meeting after the initial thirty dollars session. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but that thirty will roll. So, so now so twenty dollars. So twenty dollars. You'll do. You'll set up with our goal and success coach. They'll do your in body if you want to do a body fat test. So it's an option. To do the in-body. They, they don't have to do the in-body. But I assume most, most people, people do right. that. Yeah, and then we'll go over what their goals are, what they want to accomplish while they're here, and it gives the opportunity to share our nutrition coaching program um, and uh, other ways that we can help them. And uh, then we have we run three programs. We have a HIT class, we have a CrossFit class, and we have a barbell conditioning class. And so we expose them to what the options are for what their goals are. If I want to get stronger, if I want to get better at Olympic lifts, and I want to specialize there, you can go to our barbell conditioning. That's what's happening right here behind us. Okay. That's our CrossFit space right over there. And so then you have simultaneous mm -hmm. classes going on. Mm -hmm. Barbell conditioning here, and then those guys are doing CrossFit. standard CrossFit. And then we have HIT that's on the turf outside. So... Throughout the day, do they all three run at the same time? Only in the AM, we run all three at one time. We have like 30, 35 people going at one time, but all different classes. And then this is 4.30, so is this just one of the few times in the evening that they happen to be running at the same time? We have a 4.30 CrossFit, 4.30 barbell, 5.30 CrossFit, 5.30 barbell, and then a 6.30 CrossFit. Got uh, it. So you have a um, lot of classes. Thursday night, we, we end at 5.30, though. Yeah. Do your memberships give them access to all of them, or do all they have three. to choose? They get all three options. Mm, I like that little yeah. Do you encourage cart. them to kind of stay in their lane, though? Like, you want you said you wanted to get good at the snatch, but I see you in the hit class. This doesn't make sense based on your goals. Do you have to have those conversations? We don't. We don't. Is it, is it probably a little bit more laissez-faire of where people want to go and what their goals are? Um, but they, they have the options to choose, and, uh, you know, Everybody's a responsible adult, and what we have here is like. You'd be surprised. <laughs> no, there's at we, least we, one non-responsible adult. We definitely, over the years, have have balanced because that high level, like coaching and in like what that price point of that is for what they pay. I mean, you're talking like now 400, 600. We used to offer a 600 dollars service, but we we're only charging 200 dollars for it. And so it's like that battle of like excellence and what they really need for what they're paying is like really to guide them and to give them the nutrition, the coaching, the guidance, keep them in their lane. That's a that's a legitimate $600 right. service that we used to give, but we were only getting 200 bucks for it. Yeah, that's a that's a big mistake we talked to our clients about. It. Like don't forget the value you're bringing. I mean, we joke like you want to see what the world looks like. We all travel here. Just today. Go to the airport. Go man. to the airport <laughs> and you'll be thinking I need to charge more than $150 a month cuz I'm helping this world. I want to ask you something about rates. Before that, though, you mentioned they do a goal setting kind of sit down. If, if, if you said, hey, I'm going to sit down with you, I'd be like, dude, sign me up. This dude, Jeremy, knows what he's talking about. You have other coaches. How do you get them up to snuff when it comes to 
to goal setting? Because I think that's a word that kind of just gets thrown out there. Like it's goal so, setting. It's, again, it's so basic. Is it, is it, you know, going through a process. We have a goal success sheet. So I don't run any of that. You know, from the cells to them getting the program to sitting down with goals. So like from. You're the gym mayor, as we like to call it. Sure. If that's what you, you want to call it. What would you call it? I don't know. Well, you could take that. I'm the owner. I, I'm, I'm the owner. You're of here because you want to be here. Not just because we asked you to be here this time, but you enjoy being at CrossFit Central still to this day. And you probably walk around, know most of the people's names. Like, like Fern says, It's fundamental. Babies. I believe it's fundamental um, in running a healthy community. If it's not a community box, then I understand it's a business and all that. But to run a healthy community box, you the owner needs to be present. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, again, I used to, I used to, on my ego, used to err on, like, I don't know half the clients. I, I'm a successful business owner. Look at me. Third place, yeah. 2008 CrossFit Games. Boom. Division one basketball player. 2012 exactly. regional athlete. Yeah. That's what he's always shouting at me. So, you know? yeah, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, so, the question I wanted to go back to was, you opened in 2005. Did you grandfather people in at a rate at that point? Or set a rate? Like, hey, this is your rate. Basically, I want to get to, did you have to ever have to navigate a rate increase? I mean, we've increased rates. I mean, we now are, you know, we, so we, we, in the pandemic, we flip, we do a weekly rate. We move to weekly right. pay. And yep, so we moved we off the monthly. So it's $64 a week for unlimited. And that gets put on the card weekly. Weekly. So what people don't understand about that listening is that yields more than 12 payments. That's something Fern and yeah. I talk about. A four Billing on a four-week cycle versus a monthly cycle. It's like if you had a real job, you get an extra paycheck every year by doing that. That's Not it. to mention, for a lot of people, that's helpful that they're only getting billed 64 weekly versus 240 or whatever that, 256, whatever it comes out to a month. Yeah. yeah. So what, when did you decide to go there? When we when the pandemic hit, we wanted to raise rates and then we were looking... During at, the pandemic? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Smart. You know, we whenever we lost thirty percent. <laughs> that's us right there, in a nutshell. <laughs> we lost thirty percent of our membership base, but we maintained seventy percent through the whole. You know, of, of your revenue of client client, client base. You lost thirty. So you yeah, you lose 70. other revenue stuff in there, but right. that's actually really good. I think average across the gym industry, all gyms was like forty, which means some gyms were losing like eighty percent. Right. So you maintain seventy percent of your members from the day first day of the pandemic till reopening. Yep. That's great. Yep. And so, and then what made you want to increase rates during a pandemic? Well, it gave us the opportunity to reset the table, reorganize all of our revenue, profits, what we were charging. And the best way that made the most sense to me was moving to a weekly rate. You know, there's different coaches out there teaching it. It made sense to me um, and allowed us to increase our rates. And we grandfathered everyone in. To their so, current rate. To their current divided rate. Divided by? It was 235 a month. And divided by four, or do you multiply what? times twelve? S- divided same, by just, same, he just same, left same. Them. He oh, left you them. left same, them. Same. They still get billed monthly. Yep. Is what you're saying. Gotcha. And, and my idea was that that even in this time, like our our turnover rate, like I mean, and we're a unique gym. We're not again a country gym or a rural gym. We we have high turnover. Like we have turnover. So like, it, what's churn for you? Like, what do you do? You know what it is? I do. I mean, I would say like. I don't have the percentage exactly what I would say, but like it's at least like seven high month would be ten percent. That's still that's, that's fantastic. No, that's great. Like what? it doesn't. Whenever you're wanting, like whenever you want to retain, like it's pretty. It's like what are we? Everything. Well, it's, it's also like, yeah. how many members do you have right now? Two, like our two hundred thirty-six 
co so we we have 300 paying customers we, we so i just measure it very specifically because it frustrates me like hell because i, I have a, we have 296 members but we have 236 paying unlimited two-day week clients right then we have for the record only count people that pay you as active clients not just the active profiles that you have in wattifiers yeah, I, I got a thousand members and i make so, five grand a month yeah super frustrating wrong. because and this is something like with charlie and spencer we like have dialed down so when we talk we're not talking apples and oranges we're talking paying you know co-ed unlimited right. two-day week members then we have open gym uh membership that's 99 dollars. so that's the 60 that's that gap there that you're referring to because you said you have 296, but 235 or so are paying members. The rest are straight up open gym. Open gym plus private training, uh, different services that we will. This woman's been here for five hours, <laughs> by the way. She has been here all day. She's right? one of Am our longest. Right? She's been with us since 2007. Uh, it's the same woman, right? Seven, she doesn't yeah. have a twin sneaking in? No, yeah. that's her. Yeah, yeah she's, she's also fitter training. than you. Yeah, yeah, she's way stronger yeah. than me. She's like, she's like 54 or something. Like that. She's, yeah. she's been with us for that's long, awesome. long. In fairness, she's wearing lifters. I could probably lift the same. <laughs> <laughs> with those pink lifters. On. What's uh? What's so, having done the summit recently? Because we probably don't want to get in the way of your four thirty class, which we already kind of are. But no, no, we're fine. This is this is good. No, never mind. We're gonna be here for another three hours then. Um, <laughs> what's you've been to the summit? What do you th what do you think about the summits? Number one, they're great. Who's yeah. the district lead here? So needed. Grace. Out of Houston. I don't Dis know who that. I don't know who okay, that is. Cool. Okay. I anyway. trust you. I trust them. No, I know some people here, and they said it was great. They said you, Charlie, and the other presenters were awesome. What's your What's your outlook for the future? New leadership, things they're doing, all that kind of stuff, just for CrossFit affiliates specifically. I think that the sky is the limit, and what is happening with um, Eric and the partnerships in we're we're moving into a new era, right? Of what fitness professionals will be in the health space. And so when we look at preemptive healthcare and what is happening and where we're going in 10 years from now, 20 years from now, we are the boots on the ground. And we've, I've always kind of known this. So it's like when we look at the wearables and when we look at the data metrics and we look at the blood panels and we look, the highest educated operating professional trainers will now be preemptive healthcare. Right. And we will have relationships with doctors just like what CrossFit is setting up mm -hmm. and it will revolutionize what healthcare is in the United States. Let's and hope so. Let's hope so. It, we can. We can I, only hope. I agree. I think I think we're getting ready to go through what 2013-14 were for CrossFit it was like is going up on this peak, but I think that peak is 10x what we're about to go through over the next like 3 to 5 years. I'm trying to get CrossFit mandated still. Like mandate you I know have you feel to about do. those mandates. We yeah. <laughs> Wait, but Fern, we jumped the gun. I still want to go back to this weekly thing. I'm trying to wrap my head around it. So yeah, you, you, you had your people that you grandfathered in. Yes. And then you said, okay, going forward, I'm going to charge weekly. So someone new joins, they give you the $30 drop-in, or they decide to go to the uh, $150 for the two sessions, and then it's, hey, it's going to be $64 a week. Yes. Every Regardless of when they start, or do you try to prorate it to get everybody on the same? Whenever they start, that's your week. That's your start of your seven days, and then your build on that date. Or that. What are you using to run those processing fees? Wattify. Wattify does yeah, the does the to. weekly billing. Yeah, you yes. can set up however you want. Yep. Um, and you let everybody else. Did you offer the option to go to weekly for your for your grandfathered in people at their current weight, or did you say you're either paying monthly or we do weekly? We didn't really give them an option. I mean, they had the best deal. That's what they were doing. So we didn't change left anything. Left Would you? Yeah. Are you going to consider 
adjusting them or are they grandfathered in for life? Um, you know, that to be determined right now, we're, we're just grandfathered in. I mean, we have people who have been with us for a really long time, but we've increased those people's rates too. Right. But um, as of right now, we just leave it. We're, we're doing good. We're really healthy. Um, our margins are good. Uh, you know, we like to be at a, what I consider our base. We're marching right now. We're like, last week we were at 242. This week we're at 238, 236. It's like getting to 250 is what I call our floor. That's where we're super healthy, profiting, and everything over that is just better, right? But a big thing I came through too is like we three whenever there's these thresholds of volume, employment, and, and management in it, 250, we're really strong because at the top, that'll put our membership base right at like 315, 320 overall servicing. And right. we're in downtown also. We see over 100 to 150 drop-ins pre-pandemic, post-pandemic, on a monthly basis so like in my 12 noon class we had eight drop-ins probably because of rogue invitational and like but we see boatloads so we average about 25 memberships that are surely drop-ins that equate in financials so that's a significant arm of your business it's just drop-ins yeah it's, just, yeah, it's, it's a place like, the same in like new york chicago has the same orlando Disney. Orlando, yeah has matthew mcconaughey dropped in he has not joe rogan no ryan holiday no the rock Ryan Holiday's not a CrossFitter, but, you know. One day. I've seen day. him at a, a birthday party with his kids. Did you? <laughs> yeah. I tried to get him on the podcast while we are here. I love his books. I mean, I read the Daily Stoic every day. Yeah, he's out in, uh, no, where is he out? East of town. Okay. He he's to got a bookstore. You go to his bookstore. Oh, we should swing by his bookstore. Yeah, I'll, go, si- really I'll good... go sign a book for him. I got a yeah. book. I mean, I don't know if he <laughs> carries. Carry a book on the shelf. <laughs> I don't know if he carries best hour of their day at his bookstore, but yeah, if I'm he just going to sign better. a book, um, yeah. He needs to do some Bass crossfit. Drop. He's looking a little. That's too, where he is. He's looking. He's a, a runner too, swimmer. Yeah, he's too skinny. He's too <laughs> skinny. That dude. <laughs> so the Stoics had a bit more muscle than he does. Yeah. Wow. So, no, no comment. No, so okay, going back, going back to you, the the questions you were asking. Fern during our lecture talks about the the health of a box and, and you know average revenue is something you're talking about retention. What about owner responsibility? Are you currently still doing anything in 2021 that you don't enjoy doing? I would say no. I had to get the tickets for the Rogue Invitational printed out today. And I, I was like, asked my biz ops manager. Struggle to like, yeah, listen. She was like, you have the tickets. And I was like, well, can you print them for me? Here's my email password. Like, <laughs> so, like, that was, like, the deal. But, like, one thing I learned, like, being in this space, like, at I used to pride myself on not being a coach, not being on the floor. Like, look at me. I have a systematic operating functioning gym. And I'm like, no, like, I think it's also you should be on the floor. Yeah. Because it creates, again, the culture, the dynamic, the pulse, the vibe. Trickle down, too, right? Like, your coaches see that. Absolutely. How many classes do you coach a week? So, I'm at right now, I'm doing... um, I have eight classes I'm coaching a week right now. I think that, I mean. Sweet spot. Yeah, yeah. I think, that's, no, a, that's, I think that's a great number. A couple a day, you still maintain high energy. Fern, if you had to put CrossFit Central on the continuum, where would you um, put it? I think, I think we're going to classify them as fit. Yeah, yeah so we, you know, sure. we make the analogy between the what is fitness lecture. You can track any metric as sick, well, or fit. And it seems like yeah. all of your metrics are at fit. I mean, retention. Right, we definitely would have to assess, but while while your your churn, it's not that super high. That percentage is great. Right? No, that it's percentage great, is great. But you're I also mean, like, bringing in more people. Every that's month. what I'm saying. Yeah. That, so that's just he was just talking about churn, but that's not. He's probably still netting above, right? What so do you think you're netting every month with that? Like churn? Mem- like clients, are you like, are you are you still growing? 
Absolutely. Month of, yeah, so then you're positive. Yeah, so then that falls in that fit category. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, dude, you have a fantastic spot, box here. We're, like, kind of watching this class go down over here. One thing that I've been kind of, like, side, like, watching out of the corner of my eye, like, your coach have done a good job, like, walking everybody through everything. Like, there's this is definitely not a free-for-all going on over here which is again speaks to kind of what you were what we started this with which is the professionalism of that it's not just like come in here grab your barbells i've watched almost this whole class go down in the background in here it's been stepped through so you know yeah. bravo to your coaches for that especially i've seen two classes running simultaneously just become oh it's such a, a disaster yeah. and you know it could be loud we got us recording over here but he, he's still drawing them in for i mean this is mid-class yeah and he's got all of their attention, and it looks over in the CrossFit side like they're doing the same over there. So that's exceptional. We, ha we had somebody join Affiliate U, and we asked her her box name, and she said CrossFit Central. Remember, Nina? Oh, that's right. And I was like, no, you can't have that one. <laughs> and we were like, wait, is it? And we were like, did, and I remember thinking like, oh, did, did Jeremy, Jeremy sell like, his up. box? And we were like, hey, you can't name your box <laughs> CrossFit like, Central. Yeah, I'm not home office, but I'm pretty sure that one's not available. Yeah. You, you were one of the first boxes, though, to have like a brand. And it still holds true to this day. Kind of like those, I don't know what you'd call them, mirrored seas, if you will. Um, They're also horseshoes, I'm pretty sure. Are they horseshoes? No. no he said no. All right. All right. Um, what, you know. Yeah. I got the Coco Chanel logo, and I said, I told my designers, like, this is my logo. And he goes, no, that's Coco Chanel's logo. I was like, no, that's my logo. He's like, you can't just take someone else's logo. I was like, well, make it like that. And that's what <laughs> Done. Change Done. it enough for me to not get in trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this uh, IP theft or what are we yeah. doing right now? But that logo's existed for quite some time. Yeah. Far you, back as I can remember. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, back in the day, most logos were like... Microsoft Garbage. Paint. Yeah, I mean, I remember finding my first, was like, ACF. Like, let me just put these letters. There's my logo. What made you think back then to like, okay, this needs to be a brand? Yeah, I was just super into um, creating my stamp, creating my brand, doing like in sales marketing. I'm first and foremost a sales guy. I'm a salesman. And then branding, you know, that was what I was going to do in the marketplace. And I wanted to create something that was that lasted forever, you know. And so it's like from all the study and education I looked at, this is what I need to do to meet, leave my legacy. And so I followed suit and, and did it. So definitely uh, definitely followed um, lead from um, educators, if you will, and just doing my research um, and knew that was going to, you know, is a really interesting pro I definitely wanted and created a global brand, you know, and that's what I wanted. Um, and that's what I believe we had to do to make it happen. Well, and like we said earlier on, I think you're one of the few boxes where when someone says a location, one box comes to mind. Even when we first said we're going to Austin, we're going to the Rogue, it was, okay, we want to go to CrossFit Central. What other boxes are there? You know, you were the only one we knew of, and then we... All three of us said the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, go we to, let's go, go to Central. Central. Yeah, that was, you know, you know, you and I were communicating as well as Fern, and it was like, we were trying to lock you down so we can set everything else up. But that's I'd say there's a handful that are like that. I'd say maybe yeah. South Brooklyn in the Manhattan area and then maybe, you know, what used to be, you know, CrossFit NorCal or NorCal CrossFit. Uh, in the California area, but there's what, only a few that really stand out like But I that. think it goes back to the reason that is is because what he's been talking about throughout the duration of this whole conversation is, and he just mentioned it there at the end, which is the legacy aspect of it. And I think far too many people are 
are kind of aiming for the basement instead of shooting for the stars and be like, what is my ultimate impact on the community, on fitness, on the world? And it may not end up being what you want, but you're going to get pretty damn far if you make the goal pretty audacious. And on, on, and on that note, you know, like I, I, like I think more people should pursue that. Like, what is that legacy? Like, what am I leaving behind? Am I going to have a positive impact on the people around me, you know, in the gym, in my personal circles, in my family? And I think it, 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 it all gets honed in on like, what is the impact I'm going to have with every single person that I come in contact with? And that needs to be a pretty aggressive goal. And that's kind of what you've done here from day one. And I think people should revisit the archives. They should go back and look at that stuff. And I think people should, you know, personally as an affiliate owner, I'm like, thanks for what you do, bro. Like we want more people that are leading the charge on that because this CrossFit thing is pretty awesome. And we're not even halfway there, in my opinion. Oh, so nice. so. Nice. Thanks for what you do, bro, and thanks for <laughs> thanks for having us. Before you, know. you wrap it up, though, what's going to be your legacy in the CrossFit space? My legacy in the CrossFit space. Mm. You know, I think that that is setting the example. Uh, where I go back to is like um, excellence under excellence sake, and looking back and say whatever they did, they did it like full on. So like I'm wearing my fitness experience competition. Uh, hoodie like from what we do from our competition to what we do in the box is that we we laid it all out there and i speak for we as me and my sister carrie kepler who started crossfit central together and then uh, she's still doing crossfit absolutely yeah yeah she's a beast yeah i mean that name i didn't realize that was your sister when That's you had said sister. it earlier but i mean she was one of the yep. og names too as soon as you said it, i was like oh yeah because yeah. she was at the same games as you i want she to got say. third in 09 yeah. yeah she was in the games in uh, 10, 11, and she was 7th in Masters 40 in 2016. Are you going to make a run? It's a good question. Uh, the stars are going to have to align, but it definitely – so my daughter is 5, and she's already – like she's got a barbell, she's got a kettlebell, she's doing gymnastics. And so I really want to go – like when she's training, I would like to see her and I go to the games. Um, so my wife competed at the games as well. So uh, she's a she's – more fit than me, uh, my wife. And so uh, my daughter um, is kind of on that train. So let's see what happens. She's, like I said, five, she turned six in December. So we got about 11, 12 years. Um, so we'll see where I fall there. I just turned 40. So really my goal and objective is to last, you know, at least to 50. Because the guys in 40 are still extremely Hey, we're going to see Kyle so, Casperbauer so fit, dude. next dude, he's, weekend. He's he was so 35 to 39. You got so Hobart. Fit. You got... Nunu's in that division. You got some. It's crazy. I mean, they're one step away from competing. Many of them could still be on the. And when I say genetics company. again, like these guys, like genetically and built, like. I'm they glad are, you keep bringing that up because now yeah. I have a good excuse. Well, people that played real sports, Jay, I know what that means, right? They understand genetics, and I'm just not going to beat certain people. But going back to the uh, question that Jay derailed himself oh. on, yeah. <laughs> Did I do that? <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. So, so, so that that in the sense of what we build, and and ultimately, like. Um, to train everybody. Yeah, let that train train's coming. Your, your ride's here, Jay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah get on. <laughs> this is that scene out of uh, Oh Brother, Where Alt Are that we were talking about. <laughs> so I, I, I definitely, I definitely, out of the excellent standpoint and, and laying it on the line, that I want to create, um, you know, the ability to empower leaders. Uh, because I think our society today uh, needs individuals that can lead, not only lead others, but lead their, themselves. And so I definitely know my practice, like I've, I've been in, you know, working personally on myself and, and, and doing tremendous amounts of work because there's so much more to do right. and more to give. Um, and so I look forward to that opportunity. 
Well, awesome. Well, I, I'd like to say before we close it, you've been doing exactly what you've been setting out to do since the very beginning. As someone who's also been in this space and watching as a box owner, as a fellow consultant and someone building companies in the space trying to serve this, this community, um, I'd say hands down, you've been leading by example and leading leading by example with excellence since the very, very beginning, man. So please yeah. keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a real pleasure. Thanks for having us here. I think my goal, my only goal for that was to talk long enough to avoid 300 double-unders. Well, mission accomplished, my friend. So <laughs> we're going to stop interrupting there. Are you going to do the 530 class? Uh, I think the, we the hit class. Yeah, Is there a hit go. class at 530? <laughs> that's, that's an accountability <laughs> coach right there. Yeah, thanks for having us, dude. I really appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. One of these? One of these? Yeah, dudes yeah. talking dads. Dudes talking dads. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Best Hour of Their Day podcast. We appreciate you listening and choosing to have us help you in your passion for coaching and affiliate ownership. You can find more episodes just like this on all podcast platforms. If you're interested in learning more, you can reach out to us on any social media platforms or you can visit www.besthouroftheirday.com to book a call. If you found this episode helpful for you, please share it so that we can help other coaches and affiliate owners to help build a bigger and stronger CrossFit community. Thanks for listening.